Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we've got a crazy story of revenge against a school jock. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, how I dealt with my coworker and work friend for sleeping with my boyfriend. When I was younger and still fresh in my relationship with my boyfriend, now husband, I worked in a diamond store in the city. I got the job after I was recommended to the store owner by the woman whose jewelry store I worked in since I was a teenager. She had just gotten married and was selling her store to reopen a new one in her husband's home country. The news of her relocation hit me very hard. At the time, I had fallen out with my parents because I stubbornly refused to go to college. I honestly thought I was never smart enough for college, and I also think it was a waste of my time. I lived with my best friend from high school in her parents' home, and I was struggling to save out of my meager salary to be financially stable enough and finally afford to rent my own place. I knew my boss was getting married to someone from a different country, but I had hoped it was just one of her usual engagement gist. My ex-boss was known for getting men to propose to her, leaving them, and keeping their rings. In her defense, I think that she was just misunderstood. I still believe that all those times she was engaged, she did mean to marry those men, but she probably saw red flags and left. She was engaged to a mayor, for instance, but she left him because he was getting a lot of bad press, and she didn't like to be in the public eye for the wrong reason. What still amazes me to this day is how she got that many rings when some women struggle to get even one. Some never even get any. That's right, my husband never proposed with a ring or anything. He did get down on one knee, but there was no ring and I had to give him an ultimatum to do that. Back to how I got my job at the store. The person who was going to buy the store from my ex-boss already owned a smaller shop in another part of the city. She was also coming with her own staff, so when my ex-boss recommended me to her, she told her that she had someone already. It terrified me that I was about to be jobless. My job with my ex-boss didn't pay so much but it was better compared to how the others who worked in retail earned. My ex-boss was also a sweet woman and I could not imagine what it would be like to have a mean boss. She needed help with packing her stuff, so I went to her house to help with the boxing. You don't look happy, she observed. I said, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm happy for you and I'm glad you met someone so amazing, but I'm about to be unemployed. I'm considering going back to my parents. Maybe leaving wasn't a good idea after all. She said, no, honey, don't go back. Trust me, there's a lot of mental work that needs to be done. You can't grow in your comfort zone. She took my hand and pressed it soothingly. I returned to my friends that day and ranted to her about my state. I was still in the middle of my rant when my ex-boss called. I called my friend and put in a word for you. You're going to work for her. She also owns a jewelry shop. Yay, I squealed in excitement. I already have another job, I whispered to my friend who was watching me curiously and asking, what's going on, in a whisper. I already put in a good word for you, but she needs you to come in for an interview tomorrow morning. I answered most of the questions she has about you anyway, but be your best. I understand, I replied and thanked her profusely. The next day I went to the address my boss texted to my phone. My boss was right about it being a jewelry store, but it wasn't just any jewelry store. First of all, I had never been to that part of the city. 
It looked so beautiful and so rich. Also, it wasn't like the jewelry store my former boss owned. She left that part out. It was diamond jewelry stuff. All the items were super expensive. The pay was low, but my boss said staff got commissions off of every piece of jewelry they sold. There were a total of five salespersons, including me. Three guys were quite older than me, and a girl who was just about my age. And I found out later she was months younger than me. Naturally, I gravitated toward the co-worker who was my age. She was also a girl, so it made sense. Working with her was nice because she was very ambitious and knew a lot of rich people. She was adopted by her uncle who was a very rich dude, so she knew people would want to buy diamonds. She showed me the ropes and taught me how to network properly. She even took me along with her to parties so I could meet celebrities and socialites. With time, I learned to make sales and randomly slip into conversations that I work at a diamond jewelry store and could help people source for diamond jewelry. I could be talking to someone and they'd mention that their boyfriend has been talking about marriage and I'd quickly mention that we sell unique diamond rings. She taught me that. She was a very smart young woman. I give that to her. Her mom died when she was a lot younger and she never met her dad, but her rich uncle adopted her. She always told me that her uncle's wife never really liked her. She didn't even want her to be a part of their family. Naturally, her uncle loved his biological children more than he loved her. She always felt out, so she learned very early to network, to make friends with the kinds of people that could help her. She also learned to use people, and she was so good at these things that she nearly always got whatever she wanted. She told me about our boss, the store's owner. I got this job because her husband put in a good word for me, she had told me. Mind you, he tried for six months to make me his mistress. She didn't seem like someone who would turn down an offer to be a mistress to a very wealthy man. She was very money conscious. She held tightly to money and would do anything for money. She never hid the fact that she was obsessed with money and I guess it came from her being terrified of being poor. At that time, I thought it was an endearing quality for a woman to have ambition and be willing to chase her goals ruthlessly. Now that I'm talking about it, she did seem like someone who was simply extremely selfish and would go to any extent to get whatever she wanted, even if it meant hurting people she cared about in the process. Why did you refuse? You'd make a lot more money from being his mistress than working for his wife in her diamond store, I told her. You think I don't know that? I do, and I would have loved to do it, but I don't like older men. He's more than 15 years older. That's a huge turnoff for me. I like older men, I said to her. She said, I don't. He has to be at most five years older. I shook my head. Who would have thought you'd have had such strict morals about dating older men? She said, it's just that I'm not attracted to them at all. It's not about morals, just preference. I would pick a good-looking man over a rich, older one. She helped me develop my confidence as a salesperson, and I soon started to earn even more than my salary as commission. I made enough money to move out of my friend's home and rent my place. I know people advise others to never outshine their master, but of course, I couldn't help it. I was doing so well that it began to arouse envy in my work friend. I noticed how hostile she was toward me whenever she invited me to a party or some other event, and I got chatty and conversational with the people there. She even mentioned that whenever she attended events alone, she'd meet people who would ask about me and even though she didn't say it, I knew it bothered her. I stepped back a bit and stopped depending on her for an invitation to places. One day, an older client of mine, whom I'd met through a client of my work buddy, invited me to her garden party. She was a sweet old lady and had taken a particular liking to me because of my interest in her garden. 
I was genuinely interested in her garden because growing up, gardening was how my mom and I bonded. At the party, I saw my work buddy. I tried to go over to her to say hello, but she wouldn't even look at me. So I minded my business. I was still nervously wondering why she was being very nasty to me when I saw a very handsome man talking to the older lady. Come here, dear, and meet my sweet friend, she said, pulling him toward me. Hello, he said, smiling and extending his hand. Our host left us to talk, but that was after she introduced him to me as her favorite nephew. How do you know my aunt, he asked. I told him how we met and we got talking. He was a very smart guy, but he was extremely good looking too. He looked like he had just walked out of a glossy magazine. I turned to the right and saw my work friend staring down at us. I smiled at her and soon saw her come over to where we were seated. She introduced herself to me as my best friend and managed to interrupt all our conversations too. He offered to show me a part of the garden, took my hand and led me away before my best friend could come with us. It was obvious that he just wanted us to be alone. My handsome son and I soon started dating. Every day I could not believe my luck. A rich, young, handsome man had taken an interest in someone as uninteresting as me. I was madly in love with my boyfriend, now husband, and I could not help talking about him all the time to my work buddy and our other co-workers. He was all she wanted to hear about anyway. I knew she was jealous, but I couldn't help going on and on about him. One morning, my work buddy asked to see me in the store's storage room. I went in with her and she told me she had to confess. I slept with your boyfriend, she said in the most defying manner, like she had done something victorious. She then changed her countenance to appear sorry and meek. I'm so sorry, we were both drunk. I didn't even realize what had happened until I woke up in his bedroom this morning. I knew my friend well enough to know that she was lying and that sleeping with my boyfriend was a calculated act. True to what I had assumed, my boyfriend remembered how they met at a party, and she kept trying to get him to drink and then offered to drive him home. I was not mad at my boyfriend at all, which was what she had wanted. If anything, our relationship grew stronger. I refused to keep malice with my work buddy or even show my anger. I had my revenge all planned out and was only waiting for the proper time to execute it. Did I mention that after that night, she kept calling my boyfriend and showing up at his house randomly? He would tell me of course and not let her in. The chance finally presented itself when one evening, the power went out all over the city. It happened for two hours and my work buddy and one of the guys at work decided that it was time to make out in the dark. I crept into the store and took out a diamond bracelet that cost a huge amount of money. I knew the combination to her locker from helping her do stuff all the time. I also knew that after we were no longer on good terms, she changed the combination and replaced the last number. We had lockers because my boss would not let us bring our purses into the store. I unlocked her locker and hid the bracelet in a corner of the locker. I knew her very well. She was very reckless and hardly observant. She was smart, but she could never bring herself to think calmly enough to take note of whatever was happening outside of her. As I predicted, she never noticed the bracelet. Three days later, my boss invited the police to the store. She had noticed the missing bracelet and had asked us many times. My friend had even told everyone that she was probably lying about a missing bracelet and was only being a drama queen. The rest agreed with her until our boss called the police. They decided to search our lockers first. While they searched, my boss threatened to make sure anyone who had stolen her bracelet goes to jail. I'd know my diamond anywhere, so don't even think you can sell it. That was a unique piece. 
She kept ranting until the police found the bracelet in my co-worker's locker. Of course, she denied it, but no one believed her. She already had a not-so-good reputation anyway, so it made sense. My boss didn't like her anyway. She did like that she brought so many customers, though. My boss was going to take legal action against her, but it was a dead cause. She had no proof other than the bracelet being found in her locker. Also, the bracelet was still on the premises. She wasn't arrested, but my boss fired her, of course. My boss was a blabbermouth, and she told everyone that cared to listen that my friend stole her bracelet. People don't like to offend the rich, so many people avoided her. It was so bad that she had to leave the city. I'm surprised to this day that she did not confront me. I'm sure she knew I did it. It was something she could do anyway. She probably just realized she got played and decided to let things be. I mean, to be fair, to end up in that position and only get fired with no other reprimand, no legal action, they probably got off pretty well. I mean, they could go around accusing anybody they wanted, but maybe they were aware enough to know whether or not they want to point fingers. They already couldn't be proven that they stole it to begin with. How would you ever prove that somebody else plotted against you too? That said, our next story is, Jock spreads a rumor about me in school, and I spread an even bigger rumor about him. There was a time when I cared so much about what everyone thought about me. I used to overthink everything. How I looked, the clothes that I wore, the food I ate. I spent a great part of my day thinking about these things. The crazy thing is that I never thought about these things for myself, but how it would look to others. How would it look if I did this? Or would they laugh if I said that? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Trust me, it is a really crappy way to live. I eventually stopped living my life according to other people's standards. 
One of the major things that helped me with this transition is when I learned that everyone has a degree of narcissism. Nobody truly cared about anything but themselves. Sure, they'll laugh at you when you do something wrong, but one day, two days, they would have forgotten and be back to being their self-absorbed selves. I never realized this until I had to face one of my worst fears, that is, being the topic of discussion in school. For something I didn't do, by the way, it all happened because I decided to fall for a jerk. High school was a tough period for everyone. There were so many things to pay attention to, besides the fact that we had to focus on our books and get good grades to get into prestigious universities, we also have to be socially inclined. You have to go to parties, be on every popular social media, hop on every trend. If you didn't do this, especially in my school, you'd be treated as a pariah, no matter your academic achievement. I was one of the biggest pariahs in school. I was the type who cared too much about my academics, that nothing else mattered. Not social media, not parties, not romantic relationships. It wasn't like I didn't care about these things. Of course I did, but everyone else did and I constantly hated the fact that I had to choose my academics over everything else every time. This was because of the type of home I came from. My dad puts much pressure on us to do well in school. He never had the opportunity to go to college and he doesn't have the financial capabilities to send us all to college on his own. So we had to go by doing well in school and getting scholarships. I couldn't focus on getting good grades in school and also have an active social life, or at least that's what I thought all along. After the end of the sophomore school year summer holiday, we all came back to school ready for junior year. The first period for the day was AP English, and while I was in class listening to Mr. William drone on about the importance of prehistoric literature, the door opened and the principal came in with a new student. She introduced herself as Anna and she moved from California. She was really pretty, and I thought she looked like the type of girl that would fit in easily with the popular and party kids. She sat at the empty seat beside me and said hi. After the class, she asked if I could give her the school tour, and I said yeah. During that lunch break, we decided to meet up and I showed her around the school. We used the remaining time to get some lunch in the cafeteria, and we talked. I asked her what California was like and we spent the next few minutes talking about her school. It was really nice because I kinda thought she was going to be like the other popular kids who were so stuck up and wouldn't talk to anyone below their class. The next few days we started to hang out more. I quickly learned that she was a bookworm like me which kinda explained the whole reason why she started talking to me in the first place. She joined the science club on our third week at school and next the quiz club. She was an even bigger nerd than I was. Even I wasn't on the quiz club. By this time, I thought I had Anna all figured out. She was a nerd like me and nothing more. I was shocked to find out that it wasn't the case. As the weeks went by, Anna started to expand her circle of friends. She made friends in the science and quiz club first, and after that, she started hanging out with a girl in the cheerleading squad, and then some guys in art class. Within a month, she had started to hang out with some of the popular guys and girls. I received the shock of my life when one day, during lunch break, I went to the cafeteria and saw her seated with the basketball jocks at their table. How was that possible? My first answer was that she was pretending from the beginning. She was never a nerd. A person's true character always resurfaced, no matter how well they tried to hide it. But this wasn't true either. We had a chemistry pop quiz one time. 
and when we compared our results, I was shocked to see that we both got an A. I spent the rest of the day thinking about how it was possible. She was extremely social. Just a few weeks after she joined the school, she had already been invited to lots of parties and she hung out with the popular guys. She's even in a kind of a relationship with one of them. Obviously, it piqued my curiosity. I never thought you could have a social life when you decided to dedicate your life to your books. But here it was, being done. I decided to ask her. She laughed when I told her my observation, and she told me it was all about time management. She spent most of her time in school studying, and Mondays to Thursdays after school, getting ahead on topics that haven't been thought. Then she leaves Friday nights and weekends open for any social-related activities. I almost slapped myself in the head when she told me this. It sounded so simple. Why didn't I think of it? Anyways, since Anna was well-versed in the social world, she became kind of my mentor. We studied in school and outside, and on Fridays, she'd take me to malls and other cool hangout spots. I started to use social media more. Even my dad started to take notice. He sat me down one day and had a talk with me to make sure I wasn't starting to lose focus. Within a few months, there was a significant change in me. I got current with every trend and everything social media, even though I still did very well in school. Then one Wednesday, Anna invited me to a party holding on a Friday night. I was really excited and I said sure. I couldn't tell my parents that I was going to a party though. So on Friday, after I said goodnight to my parents, I snuck out through the window and met up with Anna. For my first time at an actual party, it was really fun. After a while, Anna and a basketball player went somewhere, and I also left to get a drink from the kitchen. One of the jocks, Mikey, who was throwing the party, walked up to me and started a conversation. He said he had no idea I went to parties because he would have invited me personally. I felt like that was a lie, but he was cute, so I decided to let him go on. He introduced himself, and I told him I already knew who he was. Soon enough, we were talking like we've been friends for so long. We left the main party area and sat down on the steps of the porch. There, we continued to talk till most of the people at the party had gone home. By that time, I checked my watch and decided that I had to go too. My parents could not know I snuck out, so I had to be in bed before they woke up. Mikey asked for my number, and even though my stomach was doing somersaults, I decided to play it cool. I gave him the number and left. He didn't text me during the weekend, though. I spent the hours of both Saturday and Sunday agonizing that fact. Was I too cheap? Did I give him my number too easily and that's why he wasn't texting me? Should I have collected his number instead? I told Anna about my problems and she told me to just chill. The next week, I was grabbing some books from my locker and Mikey walked up to me. My first instinct was to ask him why he didn't text during the weekend, but I reined myself in. I didn't want to look too desperate. He asked me what I was doing later after school, and I told him I was studying. He seemed disappointed, and I wanted to cancel my plans right there. But once again, I reined myself in. Besides the fact that I didn't want to seem desperate for his attention, I also didn't want to deviate from my plans for studying. If I started to do that, who knows how long it'll be before I stopped studying altogether. He said okay, and asked when I'll be free. I told him I only got free time on Fridays. We had to stop talking then because the bell rang for next period. By the close of the day, Mikey jogged up to me and Anna as we were walking home. He asked if we'd like to hang out at his place after school on Friday for a study session. 
study session in jock and cheerleader language meant hanging out, drinking, and playing video games. We didn't have any plans for that Friday, so we said yes. When we got to my place that day, I spent my first study hour agonizing about what to wear on Friday. Eventually Friday came and we went to Mikey's place. By this time, Anna was dating one of the guys in the basketball team, so as soon as we got to the house, she went somewhere else with him. Mikey and I hung out with the other guys for a moment, then he took me up to his room to check out his rare sneakers collection. As soon as we got up to the room, he closed the door and tried to kiss me. I backed up immediately. Apart from the fact that it was unexpected, I definitely wasn't prepared or mentally ready to kiss him. I made a joke, telling him to buy me dinner first, and he laughed. He tried to kiss me again, and that was when I made sure that he got the message. I told him I wasn't comfortable kissing a guy I haven't been on a date with. I cringed as soon as I said that because it kind of made me sound desperate to go on a date with him. I could tell he was pissed by my statement, but he tried to cover it up with a laugh. This should have been a red flag for me, but I didn't pay attention to it. We went back to the living room where everyone else was hanging out, and when it was time to leave, he asked if I was free the next day. He had given some thought to what I'd said, and he wants to go out with me. I almost exploded with joy, but I played it cool and I told him yes. The next day, I told my parents I was going to Anna's, and I met up with Mikey at the cinema. After seeing a movie, we went to get ice cream and we came back to his place. After talking for a while, Mikey made to kiss me and this time I'd prepared myself, so I allowed him. It was really nice for a first kiss and I couldn't wait to tell Anna about it, but it didn't end there. He continued and soon enough his hands started traveling around my body. I started to get uncomfortable but I didn't say anything at first. Soon his hands started to go in a certain direction. I jerked away immediately and told him I wasn't comfortable with what he was about to do. He got angry and started to talk about how I've been giving him mixed signals. He even called me the S word at one point and I left immediately. I decided that I wasn't going to see him ever again and I even deleted his number from my phone. I hoped that that was the end, but sadly it wasn't. The Monday after the incident, I got to school to discover that Mikey had told everyone something entirely different from what happened. In his words, I was a real S-word and we hooked up three times in one day. I couldn't believe my ears. The rumor had circulated throughout the entire school and people had started to look at me funny. Some were even making snide remarks behind my back. By lunchtime, I couldn't take it anymore. I wasn't equipped to deal with bullies, so I ran to the restroom and went to hide out there. A moment later, Anna came to join me in the restroom, and I told her what truly happened. I was teary-eyed as I spoke, but by the time I was done, Anna was chuckling. When I asked her why, she said the problem was fixable, and it would be really fun getting revenge. I didn't understand it at first, but she explained. She told me that since Mikey claimed we hooked up, I should play along, but I should tell the whole school how bad he was at it and how small his, uh, eggplant emoji was. It was a good plan, and I immediately forgot about my problems. By the end of school, some girls walked up to me, hoping to insult and s-shame me, but when they mentioned me and Mikey, I told them it was all true, but the only part that wasn't true was the fact that we didn't hook up three times. Only two times. I told them he was really bad at it, and I couldn't figure out if his skill was the problem or his below average size eggplant emoji. 
I explained that we did it twice because I thought the first time was a fluke and I wanted to give him a chance to redeem himself with the second round, but it was even worse the second time. The girls were shocked and they hurried away. By the end of the school day, the story I wove had spread through the entire school, even overshadowing the one Mikey spread. Everyone had forgotten about me and Mikey was now the object of ridicule. After two days, Mikey decided that enough was enough. He started to tell people himself that he lied and that he and I never had any sexual relationship. He also apologized to me about the rumor and I forgave him. That was the last time I spoke to him though. I mean fight fire with fire. If he's not okay that you didn't consent, enough to try to go around and damage your reputation, you'd do the same thing right back to them. He created that false foundation. All you had to do was help establish it even further. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.